I love that song. Hell yeah. That's what's up right there, dude. Nothing like some Motorhead's awesome. They're my favorite for sure, man. Sure, uh, wish I could have caught uh, a live show before Lemmy Pass. That would have been neat. But absolutely, you know, I'm I'm a slacker. I tend to miss shit like that a lot. So yeah. uh, I go to a lot of concerts, just never got to see them. Yeah, I don't know that they played in Texas a lot. I, maybe they did. I just don't know. Right. I mean, I'm sure they played in Austin or Dallas a bunch. Probably so. Just, yeah, yeah. I never thought, dude. I've never even really been to. Too many. I've been to some concerts, but nothing like rockish. I don't. Oh, think. Wow. You know, I don't know why. I just I'm lazy. Dude, I go. I've been to a lot, man. I've seen Ozzy and Megadeth and Fear Factory and Corn and Kiss and shit. I don't know. Quite right. Who who knows? Oh, I can't even name them all. I've I've seen. Uh, I saw Starship one time at a bike rally. <laughs> You saw you what? Know, Jefferson Starship or oh, Starship. Yeah, okay. I saw them at a bike rally one time. That was pretty weird. But uh, they still look the part like, you know, you could tell they used to take steroids probably. And one of the dudes, like, had, you know, he's out there with his shirt off. And right. And like 80s punk hair. And it probably had some, le- you know, some spandex on or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, we were all drunk, dry, you know, Harley rally or whatever. But. Well, my, my favorite band all time is great white they're kind of you know kind of yeah, considered great a hair band but i love great white but um i don't know 10 years ago they played at trees in dallas with um it was like a rock it was a kind of a rock never stops thing it was them faster pussycat bullet boys nice um can't remember all the other bands to be honest but it was 80s bands hair bands sure. i took my son who was probably 14 at the time and these dudes <laughs> still had the eyeliner the teased hair the, he didn't know the, what to the, think about that he just kind of looked at me and was like okay dad do you wear eyeliner yeah, well he loved great he liked great white but he he thought it was weird that they were still going with the 80s look i was like hey man it's rock and roll baby have you ever seen it's an 80s cover band they're named lc they're called lc rocks have you ever mm-hmm. seen those oh they're legit no. you've got to go see them no, I have seen them a few times. Like they'll be at like a random bar. They'll play here in Tyler Place, like a bar, but it'll be like they attract a crowd when they're there. I saw them at Billy's Ice House in New Braunfels. They are they oh, still nice. look. These dudes live the they do they live the uh, '80s metal era still. Like they still look like that. That's what they do. Well, that's kind of like Steel Panther. They're mm-hmm. pretty big. They're huge. Like mm-hmm. big bands like freaking Pantera and this guy or they or whatever you know whoever's you know Anthrax whatever the big bands they'll go see Steel Panther. They still they have that whole show the spandex they still do the like the choreographed guitar moves and like they're they're living the eighties reliving it man it's it's good stuff so man yeah, um this not... is kind of weird tonight uh, T J got called out of town last night and I'm running we're, we're, the board we're all real upset about it too <laughs> but I'm it's... running the board for the first time so I hope everything sounds good I hope it actually records guys says it's recording the, the one and only dark side is 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 a is the sit in producer now he we, we actually probably just keep him as a producer and just tell the other guy he's fired yeah well yeah. we need T J for the house because we use his, his house for a studio but really that's all we need yeah I mean it's his soundboard too but we can, <laughs> yeah. we'll just take it from him I mean whatever. I. I wonder if I could yell at Kathy like Mathis does Pookie and see if she'll bring a, bring us some drinks. She'll probably tell you to uh, F get off. Bent, yeah, right. get bent. But uh, uh, hey, guys, welcome. Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, York, Welding, and Fab. All sport dynamics, shock socks, PMP sprockets, MX Girl Designs, and TPJ Racing. You've already talked to Mr. Darkside. I'm Muscle Mark. We're here with a uh, a special podcast, as you will, or a special edition to the show. We do like kind of a, a year-end wrap-up, get a couple of guys from a couple other uh, podcasts, yep. moto podcasts, to come in here. Obviously, there's none, none bigger than Mr. Steve Mathis. He'll join us first tonight, and uh, obviously that's... 
that's the pinnacle. I mean, oh, yeah, I yeah. I, at, I was pretty know? stoked when he said his his response was sure. <laughs> so, that's such I'm a sure there's nothing response. better he would rather be doing on Tuesday night. <laughs> I'm sure know? he's probably watching hockey or something. Like, hey, you're yeah, you're giving away dark side. Yeah, well, damn Pookie's it. been at a bunch of those Vegas. Saw that picture of yeah, yeah, she's she's into it, man. That's yeah, pretty cool. That so. is cool. We're gonna uh, we're gonna have Mr. Uh, Daniel Blair on from the uh, Main Event Moto Podcast. Obviously. Yeah, we will not talk football. No football. No, no football. How'd that How'd that feel the other day? Did it taste good, dude? You know, going into that game that, that I, I told the guys at work, so like I don't ex- that my Niners are terrible. Yeah. I don't expect them to win. Here's so, the deal, though: a terrible team is usually the one that comes in and beats Dallas. It can happen, know? but like I, I went into that game going, if they win, super. If they lose, well, that's what I expected. What hurt me was USC getting stomped. Who they play? Notre Dame, forty-nine to three. Well, Notre Dame's what's up this year, oh though, right? God. I don't even watch much college ball. And oh. I know Notre Dame's kind of the team this well, year. Well, they but. they were they were ranked like thirteenth, or they weren't really high ranked, but they they're just plugging along, coming along, and yeah, they beat the sh- crap out of my. Just Trojans. say shit. It's cool. But, no, I got to. I've got a disclaimer. I didn't watch the Cowboy game. Oh uh, well, it. it <laughs> I just kind of like this weekend. I wanted to chill. Yeah. And I wanted nothing but to relax. And if I watch a Dallas Cowboy game, there's no relaxing involved. I got you. And I just skipped it. All Plus, right. I'm kind of sick of hearing about all the anthem crap. If you want to sit, what sit, stand, kneel, whatever. I'm just tired of it. I don't want to hear it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they talked about that for. I only watched till halftime because I couldn't stomach it. But the, the Cowboys <laughs> that was stood. A blowout, dude. Yeah, the Cowboys stood. The Niners stood and kneeled. You know. It, it, it's whatever. I don't care about it. I just want to watch the game. And I did, but it's just it's been made such a big deal out of by both people that like yeah. it and people that don't. I'm just fucking sick of it. Well, you know, I'm one of those you. guys that I don't agree with it necessarily, but I 100% believe in freedom of, of speech and expression. And like, I, I do mean, too. I just here's I, my deal: if their employers are fine with them doing it, yeah. the people writing their check, then nobody else should have a damn thing to say right. about it. Now. Jerry Jones is not cool with it. He writes your check, so you stand. That's yeah. what. Because if I walk into FedEx and, and I and I do something that's then I know something's required of me and I don't do it. Guess what? Guess what happens? Yeah, if it's go. a big enough deal, yeah. I get fired. Yeah, you know, sure. So I I, I, I see it from both sides. It uh, I, now I personally think you're an asshole if you sit if you kneel for the anthem, <laughs> but at least you're not sitting on your butt, right? You know? So yeah. But I, again, I'm for whatever's cool, whatever's clever, free speech, free whatever. Yeah, I still I think agree. you're a jerk, but for you know, you're welcome to be a jerk. Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, like last year when Kaepernick was you know the quarterback on. My favorite team. Everybody's like, oh, you know, how do you feel about that? I was like, I don't really care what the guy does. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't even care for Kaepernick to begin with. I was Alex. I didn't either. I was an Alex man. I never but I was like, whatever, that. dude. I mean, he plays for the team I like. I don't mm. care what he, what he does does not really affect me. You know, initially he started sitting, and then he spoke with a, uh, I believe, a, a veteran, a Navy SEAL, who just kind of pointed out, hey, man, maybe kneel instead, you know? And that's where the kneeling came from. Right, right. Maybe, you know. And, and and he was and you know what he was very susceptible to it so I'll at least give him that credit I get it like whatever if you want to make a political stance that's fine but your job is just like these guys riding dirt bikes we're, we, <laughs> we 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 you, what you do at the races is what's important yeah exactly you know what I, I mean yeah people that get all wound up about athletes or uh, they're just actors or whatever like what do you care what they think I mean really you need to worry about yourself. Yeah. I need to worry about myself. Definitely. I don't care what those people do. I don't know. This I'm just, me. dude, I'm just here for the awesome memes that come from everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah you are about the memes, I love right? the memes, dude. Like, it's, right. it, you, if you give me, if you give me material, I'm all for it. Like, that's cool. <laughs> you know, the, 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 um, 
the Democratic Party's putting is is causing some really good ones right now. And I enjoy <laughs> right. those. So uh, you know, I enjoy uh, the ones that are very. Uh, I don't know. Sarcastic. Right, you know. right. Oh, yeah, yeah. My sarcasm, that's definitely up your alley. My sarcasm level is next. It's, yeah. it's, my sarcasm is next level. Right. I love it. So. Right. But anyways, I, what did you think about uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm? Dude, it was great. Yeah. I mean, you know, we want to get into that with our guests, so we won't talk about it too much right now, but well, I think everybody would have to agree the two-stroke – they stole the show. Was man. yeah the highlight. They probably should have flipped the format where they were the they finished the show. Ronnie Mac, Stank Dog. Ronnie Mac might not have made it till that late. <laughs> he was yeah. pounding beers all day. Yeah, you know, and I mean, hell, they took it to yeah. RV. That was pretty. You know, that was pretty. Dude, great. for Stanky to beat RV, that, that was, was legit. Awesome. Now I will say this, and no disrespect to the Stank Dog, but if they had whoops on that track, RV would have beat him. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. know though. Like he messed up in that section twice. Right. He kept getting guys. You see. Um, who else was kept clipping that section? Sipes. Yep. He yeah, kept oh, yeah. getting Sipes it struggled. I, you know, we talked about this in our group text. I kind of mm-hmm. thought Sipes laid up a little bit, but you didn't. You you thought no, he just I kept didn't. messing up, and he kept doing it after that. I, I just, I guess, in my mind going in, I'm like, dude, if Stank and Ronnie Mack can get in the finals, how much hype will that bring? And I just kind of thought it was almost, almost far fetched. Oh, yeah, that I kind of almost thought it was as as in the wrestling terms go, a work where it means it's it's fake. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. um. But it, I mean, either way, it was great, and and the 450 stuff was great. I mean, it was. I'm just like, I didn't even care at that point. I don't even think I finished watching it. I'm like a lot of people when oh, the two yeah. shark race was over. I was like, eh. I still enjoyed yeah. it. I I was watching it on the Red Bull app, and that was apparently giving some people problems, and I had to switch over to YouTube. So I missed, I missed Chiz and Marvin, which everybody knows Chiz is my guy. So I was kind of bummed on that, but I'm still pretty proud of him. Chiz did good, man. I mean, yeah. it's just you talking about Marvin's one of the top two guys yeah, now. Yeah, there absolutely. is that'd be like going against Roxanne or Tomac, you know? Absolutely, as good as Chiz, and Chiz did good, man. He made it in there away, so he made him some money. Yeah, he was fourth actually. I think yeah, he, he got, got fourth, fourth overall. Yeah, and that's that was a pretty good payday for him, and that's what that's what the guy you know guy like him needs. Right. So. You know what? He might have was he. He might have been – yeah, he's fourth. Chiz no. is like – his deal, he's so tall, it's hard for him to do a lot of the things a lot of other guys do, like the, the real hardcore scrubs and things right, like that. Right, right. He's just a bit – he's a taller dude, and I was still pulling for him, though, man. He looked I good was. out there. Got to love the X brand. Him and Brock both were Definitely. out there. Definitely. I, uh, I want to see uh, – I would really like to see that race just be nothing but two strokes. Or at least put a bigger emphasis on it, make that the big payday for everybody. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, and – Maybe they'll do something like that. I, I think mean, the, two I, strokes bring a lot of fan response. Yeah, it's hard to imagine uh, that racing now, like there's just no two strokes. And I kind of was like, yeah, I know people like them. It's a novelty. They're just not coming back, man. They're not going away. They're for sure not going away. No, I wouldn't be shocked to see other OEMs start popping them back out. I wish they would. You know, yeah, I think a lot of people do. I think uh, there's three OEMs that probably need to rethink that. Yeah, you know? and. Uh, Honda, as good as they are at making bikes, if you even if you just reprint the 08s, 07s, <laughs> right, I don't right. care. Just put them back out yeah, there. Yeah, I think that's the thing is people don't – you don't really have to keep advancing it. Yeah. Just, just give us it. If you're not going to make a new bike, though, don't be like KTMs and have $8,000 two-strokes. That's a $5,000 <laughs> bike, homeboy. Right, you know? right. Like yeah. the Yamahas, as good as they are, I mean, they're still a little high in my opinion. But, hey, whatever. You know, that's why people are buying used ones and not new ones. Exactly. I, I'm still waiting to get my mine back. So, there you go. I've got wait. mine sitting in the garage. I'm fixing to uh, pull the wheels off of it. I got spokes bent, broke oh, both yeah. wheels, and totally unlace someone. Have somebody do it the right way. So yeah, um, I don't know how to do that. So I don't know. I was I said I was going to sell it. The longer <laughs> it sits there, the more I'm like, eh, I kind of yeah. want to ride it again. Hang on know? to it, man. Hang on to it. You'll you'll regret it if you sell it. Mm. 
So but I borrowed yeah. some money to buy my RMZ, and I was just going to pay it off when I sold some other stuff, that bike being one of them, and I may just have a payment for a while. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. That's kind of my thing. I just, man, I just can't see getting rid of another bike. Yeah. I, I want to keep them. I always re- have regretted it when I've sold bikes. If I did, like if I were to get rid of that bike, I would probably go ahead and sell the other. I, I just, It's hard for me not to have a two-stroke around there. It's yeah. so much damn fun to ride. Yep. And uh, this with my shoulder, this racing thing, I don't know how that's going to go this year. I've made plans, and now I'm like, I don't know. I can't handle a day at Burleson. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Trying to race Johnsonville yeah, on a well, rough day would be you gotta tough. you got to get yourself ready for Moto Masters, man, one way or another. Yeah, I'm going to – I'll be there. That's going to be a fun series. When's the first round of that? Uh, she doesn't have it set in stone yet. Um, Probably March is usually when they start them, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, she's still working on final, finalizing <laughs> some things. I talked to her today because I need to get some stuff over to FMF, trying to get sponsorship. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it's not finalized yet. It'll be – I bet another couple of weeks before she actually releases. If it. any of you industry industry people are actually listening to this, jump on board with this yeah. series. It's good. It's right vet, now we just have series. Shock Socks, and I think FMF is going to come on board. Uh, I Maybe. sent an email to Little D today. I try to get throw X, get C. Oh, and PMP, PMP's in, X Brands in. Hey, there you go. Those so are all yeah. products I enjoy. So right, right, right. But um, yeah, I uh, so. <clears throat> the X Brand goggles are just legit that's a good company it's still grassroots in my opinion with rich you know i know he's an yep. industry guy and all that but there's just more of a, a hometownish type feel to that product that business organization well yeah and i love it man yeah it's i mean cool. the plus story, i can get them from you i've stopped told <laughs> yeah. on here and i always tell everybody else's man when you call up there you talk to rich or hook mm-hmm. his dad you know i mean there's actually real people in there they yeah. know what they're doing. That's why I like Fly, too. Like, Because yeah. if you email somebody at Fly, they will get back to you quick. <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. They're on point with every single thing. It's not like trying to email somebody at Fox and you might get an idiot email you back <laughs> yeah. four days later. Or, or Well, either that or you just get an automated response. Yeah. Thanks for your interest. Yeah, I can't. I mean, we I understand. appreciate you. They're, they're, they're on another level as far right. as you know, being a big company, but I still hate it. Yeah, yeah. that's – you're, yeah, that's why I pick the people I do to be involved with. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, like shopping at places like Broadway Power Sports yep. and PMP Sprockets and Shock Socks. Those are localish type grassroots. What I mean by that is those are companies that just have that that, that feel to them. I sure. like. They're not, well, they're not a major conglomerate. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. I can message Shan and be like, "Hey, man, can I get some Shock Socks?" Yeah. You know, I don't. If I tried to message Pete Fox, what do you think would happen? <laughs> you know, you see where I'm going. That's my example. Oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, I can get my boy. Uh, my boy over at uh, York Welding and Fab, if I break my subframe, which I am apt to do, because <laughs> uh, I do crash a lot, I can get him to weld it back up for me, and I'll be all good. And then we can call Mr. Mr. Jeff Brewer over at All Sport Dynamics down yep. in Nacogdoches, Texas, and uh, get some parts sent over if we need them. Actually, I just call you on stuff like that, because that's your deal. Right, <laughs> so, right. Well, you know, and speaking of York, we still got to do the, the grill thing, but yeah. we can't seem to get all three of us in here. Well, I'm not worried about that. We'll come up with – we're going to yeah. we're gonna announce something here before the show's over. We'll figure it out. You guys are just going to have to really think on this one, though. So, Yeah, we'll come up with an idea. Absolutely. So, cool. Um, so, we want to go ahead and take a break real quick, and we'll try to get Mathis on the phone. We shall return. Okay. Hey, this is Paige Craig, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. First guest, uh, the man really doesn't need much of an introduction at all because you probably already know him. You probably listen to everything he does. It's pulpamex.com. Steve Mathis. Mathis, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Oh. Hey, man. We appreciate hey. you. We appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's always an honor when you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a bit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that, but all right, I'll go with it. Well, you're a busy guy, so if you you know, yeah. to to fit us in, you'd probably rather be, uh, you know, watching hockey, watch, watching hockey or something. We appreciate that. That's 
Good point. It is uh, Connor McDavid's Edmonton Oilers versus Sidney Crosby's Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. It's going to be a fantastic game. There you go. And uh, I'm I'm missing some of it due to you, jerkies. Oh shit. <laughs> well, we'll try to make it quick because um, yeah, we know how you you and Pookie love your hockey. How about how about that Vegas team? Are you are you a fan of that team now that they're there? No, no, oh. not at all. Okay, no. <laughs> I, I keep I keep getting uh, I keep getting this question and I keep people keep asking it to me and no not at all I like the Toronto Maple Leafs and right. just, because I, just because I live here doesn't change that and sure they're good and whatever but yeah I don't I don't really care uh, good job <laughs> for them but I like the Toronto Maple Leafs and that will always stay that way. Yeah, I think Jamie can understand because he's yeah. from California. He still roots for the 49ers, but he does live in the heart of Dallas Oof. Cowboy country. So yeah, this, this last weekend was rough. Yeah, that was a rough yeah, one for I, you. you know, I, yeah, that was that was ugly for sure. No, I just, I mean, I think it's awesome. We have a half season ticket package, and I love hockey, and I want to see a good game. But I'm not going to switch because I moved here. Like that's dumb. You can't do that, right? Oh, if I moved yeah. to if I moved to uh, uh, Los Angeles, I'm still a Cowboys fan. Yeah, yeah. You know, period. Right, yeah, yeah. And I didn't yeah. mean did you switch? I just wondered if you were supporting them since they were a team there, you know, and they're new. So it's not like you you were a traitor. It's just another team. Yeah, no, no, just one team, just one okay. team. Okay, <laughs> right on. Did well, you, so tell us how uh, tell us how your uh, weekend went at the uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm. It was great. Um, I've never been to the event. I loved it. I thought it was fun. I mean, it really is a made-for-TV thing. I didn't go up in the stands, um, but even the stands, I don't imagine it was much better. Um, it just isn't great for t- for, for live watching because they're, they're, you watch a screen, they come by you for, for 10 seconds, and then you keep watching the screen, and, and, and there you go. But um, the vibe was cool, man. Like, there was a couple of semi-trucks there, TLD and Red Bull KTM, but other than that, like, people were – RV was out of a box van, and, and Mike Brown was out of a van, and – uh, Hanny and uh, and Chad was somewhere hanging out. Ronnie Mack had a, just a van, <laughs> so the the vibe was like super cool, like way laid back. Riders just chilling, and uh, I really enjoyed going. I uh, just talking to people, hanging out, and and we were kind of on pit lane watching the action a little bit, and then we'd watch the TV screen. And um, yeah, it was awesome, man. I thought it was cool. Yeah, you don't you don't seem too excited about going to the events, but it seems like once you're there, you're all in and. You get into the situations. I think you just don't like to travel. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I wasn't, uh, you know, Eric Pernard put a lot of heat on me. Jeremy from Red Bull wanted me to go. They're friends of mine. And, you know, I don't know why they thought it was so important I'm there. Like, who cares? Like, whatever. But they wanted me there, and they, they're buddies of mine, so I'll go and, and hang out. And I wasn't, I told Wygant, you know, hey, I'm here. I said, do you need anything for Racer X? And he's like, no, no, we're good. We got it covered. And then uh, at the end of the night, I'm like, you know what? I'm walking right by RV. His night is over. Let me stick him. Let me stick a recorder in his face and just ask him, um, ask him what he thinks about the race and everything else. So I ended up doing some work anyways right. while I was there. But uh, yeah, no, I, I uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed myself going there for sure. Great. So RV was just kind of cool about everything. Losing really didn't bother him that much. Yeah, no, not at all. He really didn't he didn't seem to care, man. He was smiling and laughing, and and uh, like he lost to a guy riding a, in overalls riding a '98 CR250. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not care, dude. He was fine. He was laughing the whole time. He was uh, had a course light in his hand, and it, it all was good. Well, would you agree with Mark and I that the two two strokes stole the show? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Wygant and I just did a podcast. It's up now uh, on the Racer X thing on Steve Mathis show. I'm and in the middle of that one right now, actually. Yeah, we one hundred percent agree. Two strokes stole the show, and actually, because I was driving back to Vegas, so. 
I had to drive a, you know, three hours back. Uh, I was with the Kiefer's. We left before the 450 race. We we're like, ah, screw oh, wow. it. Uh, you know, stank dog one, and uh, let's get let's get out of here. And you know what? We were not the only one. So, I mean, I really think that you know they should look at like, like look. Does anybody? No offense to Marvin, but does anybody care that he won or was even there? No, they don't. So that 25k that you gave Marvin, you know what? Take that. Make a two-stroke. It's got to be more than just a two-stroke class. So, so make a, a 250 class or, or some sort of four-stroke top racing class. Take that 25k, put it into a two-stroke challenge. McGrath, call McGrath and Carmichael and Chad, and make sure the date's all good for them. Uh, Fro and all these dudes, make it a slightly easier track, and uh, make this thing into a two-stroke race and make it a little bit of an exhibition. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I was thinking maybe make like a four-stroke open class, you 250, 450, whatever, and then the, yeah. the you know the premier class of that event be the two-stroke class. And like you said, start bringing these legends in, guys that still ride, guys that could still do it. They'll come up with a bike if they're if the if the OEM they work for or represent doesn't have one. I'm sure they can find one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know what? Three of them, Husky, Yamaha, and KTM have two strokes, and so those guys that can be there and they can support it a little bit. Uh, RV was on, you know, some sort of Frankenstein KX, and Chad was on a Frankenstein Yamaha. So those guys can figure it all out, and um, yeah, I think it can work out. So, yeah, I I was still excited about the the 450s because, of course, you know, I'm a Chiz fan, and then and I want to see what Brock would do. Brock, being an ex-brand guy, I was pulling for those two, and that was, you know, I was pretty impressed with those two. I mean, I didn't expect them to really compete with Marvin by any means, but. You know, I, I'm pulling for Chiz all the time, so I enjoyed watching that. Yeah, Chiz real well. Um, yeah. My interest level in the in the premier class was very low, I'll sure. be honest. Um, but, um, you know, hey, whatever. It was still fine to be there. I thought the event was cool. I thought when you compared it to the Monster Cup, and yep. not all Monster Cup fault because, you know, guys didn't show up and, and guys got hurt, Geyser and, and Eli and Vogel. Yeah. Not, so it's not all that race's fault, but when you compare the excitement level of uh, the two races side by side, the straight rhythm uh, was far outweighing the Monster Cup. No, I agree, and I watched the race uh, via uh, Ken Roxon streamed it from his Facebook page, so I watched it from that. And truthfully, man, just kind of like you guys leaving when the two stroke race was over, I think I turned it off. I was just like, yeah, I feel like I already know who's going to win this, so oh well. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, I had to, I had to get out to drive back to Vegas, but um, yeah, I think they're on to something with that, man. I really, I really think. So let me ask you guys this. This is something we were talking about on our podcast with Wygant and JT. Um, where do you stand with the Ronnie Mack stuff? Like, look, I, I laughed. I thought it was great. It was awesome. But, I mean, if somebody were to tell me, like, hey, man, that doesn't make us look very good, that this guy is so popular and he's pounding beers and he has an I eat ass sticker on his <laughs> swing arm. I forgot about like, that. Yeah, like, I can't. I can't say that person is wrong. Now I like right. it. I don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, you know, I liked it. But what do you guys think of that? Well, I think if you're inside the an insider or a fan of the sport, you kind of know, you know, that it's Jimmy, and you kind of get it. But yeah, if you're an outsider just watching, it does look bad. You're right. The, the uh, I, mean, I eat ass sticker kind of bothered me, actually. Yeah, I'm not sure that that. I mean, I, I get the humor in it, and I think yeah. it's hilarious, but. To somebody else that that, that that doesn't understand the situation, it might be a little weird. However, though, seeing a dude in overalls with a chopped-off face mask helmet, bandana, and a, and a bike with the fenders chopped and just acting completely insane yet still riding the level he's riding, I do think it probably would, would, would 
spark some interest. I don't think they're going to confuse that with Supercross by any means. Okay, yeah. No, I, Maybe. I don't know. Wait, I mean, I look, could be totally wrong on that. I, I mean, it hyped me up, though. The, the fact that Ronnie Mack and Stank Dog might be in the finals was like I was on the edge of my seat. I was tapping my chick like, oh, my God, you got to watch this. This is going to be so great. Yeah, I didn't think Stank got uh, yeah. out of the Villapoto bracket it at all. It was fantastic. I mean, I was – Oh, yeah, I know. I was you more – you could have made a lot of money in Vegas saying Stank and Ronnie Mack will be in the finals. I want yeah. to lay some money down on that, you know? Yeah, I was very surprised going in. I thought for sure RV and Reed would be the finals, and, you know, things just didn't work out that way, and I'm glad. Yeah, bummer yeah. bummer for Chad, but, I mean, hey, it was still I, – I thought when Chad got here, I was like, well, dang, there's the, I feel like the wind went out of the sails. Yeah. I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, yeah. So, Steve, the, the, the idea of tonight's show, really, is just kind of an overall season wrap-up. I mean, I, for me, this is one of the best seasons just overall ever. I mean, Supercross was amazing. You know, there were some good points in motocross. I, I just thought it was a great season. You know, what do you think as far as all time, how this overall season played out? Well, I don't know. I'm always uh... – I'm always wary of lining up something all time right away without sitting back and thinking about it, but certainly it's got to be up there. Um, you know, it was the Supercross series was just amazing. Eli Tomac coming back, fighting back that Salt Lake City race, then throwing it away in New York, I and mean, everything he did in in in, uh, in Vegas to try to get it back. And meanwhile, Dungey was sort of just kind of racking up podiums and just there, and, and everybody kind of knew Eli was faster. Um, and then Marvin, you know, Marvin pulled over for him, so. There was so much drama going on in um, in Supercross. You're right; it was crazy. And in, in outdoors, I mean, Eli. There was legitimate talk of Eli going 24 and 0. Or t- I think I did a I did a poll on Publix, and the majority of people voted that he would win 20 or more motos. And, yeah. and as it worked out, he he didn't come anywhere close to that. And 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 it was some you know some mistakes on his end and some things that happened on his end. And Marvin started catching fire. And I mean, Marvin finished seventh one race. He DNF another like both series to me like both of them were just fantastic, right. uh, not the not massive parody that we needed or that we want normally, but uh, super high drama well, in, in, in both of them. The fact that Eli came back from the points deficit he did in Supercross and then still lost the title was just like wow. I yeah. just because you've seen like I guess oh nine Stu had a little bit of a deficit to come back from and he ended up winning it. So you kind of expect that a guy that good probably is going to win it if he's on, when he's on that big of a run and then he didn't you're just like wow you know yeah 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 eli was tied for most wins in a series without winning uh the title ever in the history of the sport it's 40 40 some years oh wow so you know i should tell you right there what, what what it was like but um yeah man it was it was a good year it was exciting i mean roxon's crash took some wind out of it there's no doubt about that uh whether he would have you know just continued to dominate or whatever who knows but um that certainly hurt the series chad getting a podium was awesome and uh, um, it was it was good. It was really good. I don't know about the best ever, all that kind of stuff. We'll we'll in a few years when we when we look right. back on it. But it was something special. Yeah, I think Definitely. the inner stories throughout the season, like Reed holding up uh, Dungey, you know, um, Marvin passing Dungey a couple times and, and and running off on him, and then him pulling over yep. just all in the the cat and mouse game at Vegas. All those things just made it interesting because it seems like there, there was a lot of stuff that happened that doesn't normally happen. Yep. And it, yep. Just, it, was, it was it was good. And it's kind of a coincidence that it happened when they reformatted the racing with the time mains, which is you know the kind of things you've been hollering about for years. It's like all of a sudden we and I don't know that the time mains really had anything to do with it, but it 
it still it ha- it changed something, you know. And do you think the time mains benefited Eli at all in some of these um, races? Some of them, yes, and some of them, no. I remember us talking about this and looking at some stats and everything, and yeah, I don't think it was all totally uh, 100% um, great for Eli. Sometimes it was, though, you know. Right. It kind of worked both ways. So, I jury's still out on time mains, I think. Uh, track broke down real fast and real quick, and, um, and uh, you know, things like that. It, I don't know. I, I don't know where I stand on that. More Getting the stars of the sport out for more uh, time out there is, is always a good thing. And uh, and so that's a good thing. But then I had so many guys tell me that the track was so sketchy and so broken down. But then I also have, you know, you almost can't always trust the riders because unless they win, they say it's a garbage track. And right. then the guys that win of the track, you know, so mm-hmm. there's a delicate balance there of, of trying to take these guys at their word, but yet really trying to get to the bottom of it, you know. Well, so. I, I called in and I asked this on your show, I think after Atlanta. Um, you keep talking about the tracks breaking down, but – they were breaking down like in the heat races. That didn't have any, you know, they were down to the concrete. I think it was Atlanta before the main even started. So the time mains didn't have anything to do with that. It's really a lot of times it's the dirt that you, you know, again, you always say, Hey, we need more dirt. Yeah. 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 We, yeah, we do. We need more dirt. And unfortunately it's the most expensive um, right. part, part of the, uh, of the track build. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but Probably certainly, not. yeah. You know, why, like, why wouldn't, we, you know, why wouldn't we get more dirt? Right. I would I certainly know. think that that Feld, that's been brought to their attention oh, more yeah. than once, and that they know that that might be a problem, especially with the longer racing. Well, one thing that I um, heard from a, a top rider uh, who shall go nameless, but he may or may not be rhymes with Shmamey Schmilsmaps, uh, <laughs> told me that one of the Feld guys told him we were caught off guard by how much the tracks were deteriorating. We this was the, you know we were surprised. And we were trying to fix it, so that's a that's a good thing, you know. Well, hopefully but, they um, will. That's good. You what think... about what about the net at Monster Cup? <laughs> you know, you know, I totally forgot to throw that into your intro because I had it all planned out and I just forgot. I should have wrote it down. But hey, man, congrats on that. You know, it's fantastic. I just lit up a smoke and sat back in my chair. Yeah, it's <laughs> fantastic. Now, uh, Wygant was went to the press conference for Feld, and he sa- he says they're going to be back at other races. You know, oh, so that's some perfect. Bolt, some bull turns will. Uh, will reappear with a net, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, I've never been this proud in my life. Well, I promise you, if there's nets at Houston or Dallas at the pref con- press conference, I'm going to ask what they think about the Steve Mathis nets. I'm going to make sure oh, that – thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that that's going to be one of my questions. Well, it sucks we yeah. don't have, like, Stu out there this year. Now they're bringing some bowl turns back, and I want to see some crazy sections be put together on these 450s. He'll be at A1. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I first got to go in the nets for sure, Alex, right? So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. So do you have a highlight for the year? Outdoors, indoors, GPs, anything, one thing that just was like – Nets, right, bro, that, nets. Yeah, besides the, besides the uh, nets. Uh, Hurling's race was a highlight for yep. sure. Tomac's race uh, at Salt Lake City was just simply amazing. Um. Chad's podium in Phoenix, man, he rode well. He came up from, I think, fifth or sixth to get that uh, spot. Uh, those are three things that I think out uh, outside the outside the head, outside of my brain, that off top of my head, I should say, right. that I can think of. Um, also, um, Geico Honda had uh, some phenomenal catering all year. It was really, <laughs> really good. So that might be one, uh, too. Nice. They had, they had Buka a lot, and also they brought in some Mexican place at one race. That was man, fantastic. We have to get 
somewhere close to your level so we can get that when we go (laughs) you know lakewood is the first race that we've been to as a show so that was our rookie induction so at supercross this year we're gonna have to make some the only supercross i ever go to is at uh, jerry world and we know how expensive everything is there so i just spend a fortune on just food yeah yeah it's i mean it it is um it is a weird dynamic on on eating with the teams in the trucks you kind of you can linger yeah. I hope they invite you, or you just, you know, JGR and, and Cowie, you know, you kind of feel at home, so you go in there because you know those guys, but you want to make sure everybody's eating first because right. I've, been, I've been on the teams when everybody eats all the food, and then as a mechanic you finally get a break and you wander over and there's no food and you get so mad. So you really got to – it's a, it's it's a it's an underrated um, part of the game of right. being a moto journalist, guy. just when to grab the food. Now – Go ahead. I would say ahead. we're lucky at least we have an in with TPJ, and Ted always tells us, hey, yeah, anything Ted you need, I'll us. take care of you. So if nothing else, we can fall back on that. Yep, there you go. Get Ted to cook us a hot dog. <laughs> well, hey, you can uh, – so speaking of catering, JGR usually has pretty good stuff. You'll be back over there a little more this year, huh? Yeah, I'll probably be stopping by a little bit more over there. You know, a little more, welcome, a little more welcoming attitude. <laughs> right. By the uh, JGR Suzuki squad plus uh, – I've got a Suzuki now. Kiefer let me uh, take his uh, Suzuki that he has from from the folks at Suzuki. So I'm half I'm half ass teammate there now on Suzuki of the team. So you know. Hey, are you gonna take that thing next weekend? To, not this weekend, but next to Glen Helen for the World Vets. Uh, negative on that. Negative on that. I need uh, I need a lot a lot more riding before I am ready to show anybody anything. So speaking of, you know the the, the new Suzuki 450s just been getting kind of reamed out in these shootouts. What do you think of it? Yeah, it's bullshit. These guys, they all got something against it. It's the best looking bike in the class by far. I agree. Honda. What did you think about riding it though? Pretty still, still uh, a good, still a great bike. You know what? Since I since I tweeted a few things about it, and since somebody since people found out that I have one, I've been asked that question a bunch. Like seriously, like the least of my problems is this Suzuki. Like if I were to be like. Yeah, you know, man, it just doesn't have the right high speed compression for me in that one turn. Like, no, like it's it's fine. It's yeah. great. There's a lot of issues I need to work on before I start thinking about the performance of this motorcycle. Well, right. it's interesting when you listen to all the pods that Kiefer did with the test. the The guys that are the, the norm, the amateur guys like myself and Mark, you know, a lot of them picked the Suzuki. Or I think there was a couple that liked the Suzuki. Because guys like us, the average guy, can't use anywhere near all the uh, power or anything those bikes have. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't tell you if I went to Spring Forks from my Air Forks, I probably wouldn't notice the difference. I mean, I just ride it. You know, I mean, that's just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And, that, and that's, I mean, Kiefer, who you know rides his balls off and knows these bikes inside and out. I, I trust his opinion. Yep. And he knows what he's talking about. Me. No, don't trust me. I haven't ridden enough to, to know. But I like the Suzuki. I, th- I found it really comfy uh, to sit in on corner. It was really narrow and easy to get into an inside corner or outside corner. Mm-hmm. And the suspension's too soft for me, and uh, and that's about it. Other than that, that's all I got for you. Well, the old version of that bike is really good. I've got now, the my bike I ride now is a, is a 2012 uh, RMZ 450, and I also had a 2008 uh, 450. You know, it's very, very similar bike. Dude, for me, I'm C class vet rider, 38 years old. It's a perfect bike. Slow, yep. turns good. There That's what go. I need. You know, perfect. There you go. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so no world vets at all. Not even go watch. Uh, no, I don't think so. Love the guys at WUSA. Yeah. Um, I went there three, four years ago to watch. I raced it a couple times. Um, so I've done that. Uh, but no, no, I don't think okay. so. You know what? I, 
I didn't even want to go to Straight Rhythm, right. and I was just into it. And I had fun, don't get me wrong. But uh, I don't want to leave my house this weekend. I got you. Well, yeah, I, I, well, I fly in Friday. I, I was supposed to race. My buddy was bringing my bike. He bailed about a week ago. Flight's already booked. I'm going. So I'm going to go hang out. Got a lot of Texas guys going out there. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, no, I've done that. I've hung out. There's, it's it's a cool race. There's a lot of things to do and a lot of people hanging out there. But uh, Right. Well, and, and I, I may have a bike, a, a guy that will go – Unmentioned, but may rhyme with Smitch Whaler. <laughs> uh-huh. Said he may he 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 probably has something I can ride. So I and I told him it's no big deal either way. Yeah. But hey, if he if he brings something, I'll ride it. If not, I'm just gonna watch and sling some X brand. Yeah, there you go. He's so, got he's got some. Uh, I've got, he's got some some bikes. I know that. So. Yeah, well, that's what he told me. So you yeah. know, but like I said, I'm not. I'm not really gonna like push anybody. Hey, you know, you got to make sure. I'm, I don't want to be that guy. I don't, Mathis, I don't see how they get you to any off-season races because as much as you travel uh, during the regular season, like, yeah. dude, I, I drive for a living. That's what I do every day. And on the weekends, half the time, I sh- I ass out on riding because I don't want to drive anymore. So, and like, you're on a way, way gnarlier scale. I don't see how you go anywhere when it's not and you don't have to. You know? Yeah, I, I try not to. <laughs> I try not to. There's certain things I got to do. You know, yeah. but uh, um, you know, yeah, it's. You know what? I'll be. I, I love this part of the season. I'm not working a ton right now. I'm not, I'm working on a couple uh, of interesting stories for Racer X. That, but I'm I'm. It's very casual right now compared to my in-season stuff. So I'm really trying to just enjoy the downtime. I, I I'm. Yeah. You know, just uh, I was. Pookie was off today. I was going to hang out with her, but she she left me. But um, <laughs> she she had errands to run. But that's the kind of thing where I'm just like, man, I, I'm trying not to work. Cool. Because uh, yeah. I work I work so much during the season. Well, we I always and all your fans appreciate you doing that. Like I can't wait for the Fly Moto 60 show to come back and I mean I just that's pretty much what I do all day every day while I'm at work is listen to your stuff. I'm glad you're getting your downtime, but I miss the shows. Um Right. Okay, you, so so okay, so you're you're a super fan of the stuff that we do and I appreciate it and all that. So, uh rank the shows that you like in order. And for the Steve Mathis shows, uh, rank the race reviews or like the long form one-on-one podcast. Those are two different shows. Right. And then there's there's Privateer Profile, Privateer Island. Uh, there's a and Fab Moto Fantasy Show. There's Fly Racing. There's the Pulp Show. Um, so rank those in the importance in your life. Okay. So overall, Pulp stuff. The the Pulp Show is number one. Fly Moto Sixty Show would be number two. Privateer. Really? Like, yeah, I love it. Um, it's short. It's to the, I just, but I like it. I like the, you know, having Weege and JT or whoever's on. I like those guys. Of course you'd have those guys on all your shows, but, um, this is just off the top of my head. I'm having to think about it quick, but, um, then I like the privateer Island show. Um, then I'd go probably wrap up show or no interviews right after the race. I like those oh, race interviews. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. I don't listen to the fantasy show, to be honest. That's the only one I don't listen to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't play fantasy. Uh, you know, and then after that, man, they're kind of all about equal. Like, I, I like all the one-on-one stuff, but I think that's going to be after the all the other shows. Mm. All and, right. And as far as overall, like, the different shows, like, I go Pulp, Main Event, probably our show. <laughs> and then, like, uh, I guess, um, man, I don't know, DMXS, yeah, I don't listen to I, very I often. I don't listen to that and, one anymore. But yeah, and then uh, Vegas Dub Show. I, I I like 
I like those shows. Some of them, you know, there's there's some issues with his show. Let me give you a little contrast on, on on the rankings still, as far as what I would do now. Obviously, the Pulp MX show. I think just because of how what what it is has to be number one. It takes yeah. up more of your time. You're gonna make time for it. But my favorite shows you do, and I like them all. The fantasy one, no, I don't listen to that because I don't do fantasy. But right. the uh, when you have a, a classic podcast roll through, it's like a one on one where it's. Somebody like McGrath, Mickey Diamond, Mickey Diamond uh, Bradshaw, somebody like that. If one of those pops up in my in my feed, that takes precedence over everything, no matter what. I always mm. will stop and do that one first. For whatever reason, I love hearing about the old guys more than I do anything. Right, and, uh, right. Yeah, I, I like doing those ones uh, probably more than anything, to be honest. Right. <laughs> yeah, those are those are amazing. I have gone back and listened numerous times on several of them uh to those probably yeah. more like i dude i can't even tell you how many times on a few of them like robbie Tra- the, the trappist parker one's the one of parker my one was yeah. good robbie rainer robbie's my favorite writer of all time so i've listened to that one an ass load of times but then i like the privateer the privateer island life one at third that's that's amazing mm. show Oh, all right. Yeah, I like that right. side of it. And i really appreciate we really appreciate you doing the one with john short you know he's a buddy of ours and he, he's kind of shy, so it was hard for you to get anything out of him, but he's just a good dude. Yeah, yeah, nice guy. And and you know what? All these guys, um, and uh, they all have stories. They all have cool stories. A lot yep. of them have, you know, neat things that have happened to them along the way, and I'm happy to give them some, uh, some press and everything else. So it's interesting because I get a lot of people who love the race reviews. Oh, yeah. Well, I get JT and myself, and you guys both, rank them a little lower than a lot of other people like them but that's just good to know it's interesting Different i listen strokes. to every single one of them i just yeah. I, I, if i have to when there's when there's something else like the, like i said one of the legends you bring back the interview like i just i can't i'm and i'm drooling to listen to it right you know? right, right. As, as far as the prop tier stuff goes i mentioned i emailed you about this but didn't talk about it on air um, at our local pro race that we had a couple weeks ago heath harrison and i had a chance to sit down and talk probably for about 20 or 30 minutes in between motos and he, he kind of found out that I'd do a show. We started to, I said, well, man, everything stems from Mathis being the man. And he just had so many good things to say about you and how appreciative, appreciative he was of how you are with the, the privateers and how nice of a guy you are. And, you know, you, you make comments, and we've talked about this, that, oh, your show's janky or you don't know who, why anybody would care if you're at straight with them. But people do care, man. You're the heart, you're the heart of the media side of this industry. And – you're just I think you're you're a good part of the sport. It's amazing how many good people are out there, but Well we get true information, yeah. non biased, objective journalism. Yeah, that's what we talked about. He you're said, the only one that does that. He said, you know, sometimes he'll say stuff that's kinda hard. He said, But I'll I'll think about it. You know, he's right. He's he's not and same with Barsha and um my mind just blanked on the well main Barsha's uh, the main Anderson. one. I mean, yeah, Anderson. I mean, they get mad at you for being honest and that's you know, instead of stepping back and going, okay, I'm kind of a dildo sometimes. Maybe I shouldn't ride like that. Maybe I should be smarter. They just get, Jamie. they become crybabies. Well, that's too bad. That, but that's why we love you is because you are honest. And, and, yeah, I try to be. You know, yeah, I try to be. What are you? What are you gonna do? You're not gonna. You're not gonna make a, an omelet without breaking some eggs. Right. And and I think if you're in the media, this I absolutely believe this. If you are in the media, and you everybody loves you, you're probably doing a bad job. Yep. Yes. That, that, that's really the way it is. Like I hate to be like that, but no, you're right. If you are, if you are doing it, and you don't have a couple guys that are like, man, I don't, I don't like that guy uh, for different reasons. For you know, then you're probably you're probably not doing your job right because um, there are things and people that need to be criticized uh, in the media 
um, rightfully so. And, and if you're not doing it, then yeah. uh, if you're just looking the other way and, and just posting on Instagram and Twitter that this guy wrote awesome, um, then uh, and then not not talking about when things are going south. And you know, like I said, it's it's not not anything I want to read or anything that I want to exactly. be associated with. No, exactly, and that's why we we love you. Um, I do have a question on or a comment. The the sound check, right? That's what the the music one's called. The sound check, dude. Yeah. I yep. love it. I yeah. tweeted at you about that the other day. I listened I to the it. AC one. I haven't listened to Cole's yet. It's on my iPod. Yeah. Um, the, I, I tweeted about this earlier. Do, are there any writers that are into like metal and rock <laughs> so that I have somebody to listen to? Because I like all the stuff that AC listens to. I, I, it all sounded exactly the same to me. Yeah, a lot of it did. I'll give you that for sure. Although he, you know, he knows he knows the differences. Sure. And he knows what it's like. But um, uh, Seeley's a little bit different. And uh, Zach Osborne's coming out later this week, and he's got he's got uh, Cats in the Cradle, and then he's got um, uh, Johnny Cash, okay. nice. and then and, and then he's got Third Eye Blind. So you know what I mean. So yeah. it's all it's pretty varied. But honestly, the metal side, dude, I don't. Yeah, I don't know anybody you, like who would like that stuff. You might, you know, have, to gra- think- you might have to grab a freestyle dude for that. You know, <laughs> I'll I'll do one. Yeah, Mike Mason. Yeah, Mason would be into it. Mike yeah. Mason would for sure be into into metal. Yeah. Uh, when he when he picked this song when he was co-host, he picked uh, Avenged Sevenfold. There uh, you go. See, that's I uh, I actually listen to music when I'm racing and riding. I have headphones in my helmets, and man, that's all I listen to is like pantera and event sevenfold metallica tool whatever that's that's just my thing it gets me rock, rocking yeah yeah I, I think honestly i like the sound check idea i'm glad you yeah. guys like it i enjoy doing them but i see a short she- a shelf life for these things because agreed i'm just not going to find dudes that care about music and if they do care about it it's going to be all rap and i don't want to <laughs> listen to all rap and i don't think a lot of my list and i don't think a lot of listeners of mine do i really yeah. don't if it's not seven deuce yeah. deuce i'm out yeah yeah, I mean, you know, uh, he would be one to do with because he would. I think he's really passionate about all the rap he would like. Right. But uh, he would also pick ACDC. I know for sure he would. There you go. That's good stuff, Matt. This one more question. Uh, we mentioned uh, Millsaps a minute ago. Do you think this is the end of the road for Davey? Do you think he'd be back this year at all? Good question. I think that's up in the air. I don't think anybody knows for sure right now. Um, I think it could go either way. I think he'll be out for Supercross. Um, and then maybe come back for nationals or, or whatever. I've heard, I've heard it's not good. They dislocated elbow, and he, he really knocked himself silly for a while. Um, I hope it's not. I hope he comes back, but it's going to be a long road, you know. And even if he does come back, it'll just I think it'll be late, late in the season. So uh, we'll wait and see, man. But yeah, what a bummer for sure. Yeah, that, I, I was bummed to see that. I was pumped to see Davey get on that that Yamaha bike again. He's yep. he's had some good success on it before, and. You know, it's a, it's a better version of it of, than it was when he had it. So, and Davey's an amazing rider. So, well, I mean, I think I think quietly the last two years on uh, on BTO KTM and then Rocky Mountain when they changed, he's been good. But of course, injuries have struck him. You know what I mean? And he can't finish the season. But he's won heat races yeah. and he, he he's run top five. And like I think that's awesome. He's twenty seven, twenty eight. How old is Davey? Probably somewhere around yeah, there. He's probably yeah. later twenties um, for sure. And so, if if you took away his injuries, which I know is like saying, you know, um, you know, how, how else was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Um, <laughs> yeah. But if you if you took away the injuries, he was riding very well, and um, he just couldn't stay healthy. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that kind of sucks that that happened. And 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 also too, like, what about poor Alex Ray? Does anybody <laughs> talk about what Alex Ray's going to do when now his mentor is uh, is something? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's What's all good? downhill now. Yeah, he, he's gotten good and. 
going on the on the Davy program, and now he's hopefully he won't go back to eating ho hos and Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So. I'm just curious to see who they uh, who they put on that blue bike. Well, yeah, good. no, they, I, I think it'll, I think uh, Barsha has been talked to about yeah. it, and uh, we'll see what happens. If I'm Barsha, though, this is a huge year for me, and I'm not a fan of the Yamaha, or at least he wasn't when he rode there. I stay away, man. He's got enough money. He doesn't need the money of a fill-in ride. So take your money that you have, ride your bike you want to ride, which is a Honda. Yep. Kick, kick ass. Do your, you know, re- rejuvenate yourself, and don't make a sacrifice for getting some expenses paid because none of these fill-in rides they, they're not they're not paying very well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not a it's not a usually paid ride. So if you if you're if you're Barsha, you're like, okay, I'm going to take a ride for expenses and some some bonus money you know, a little bit of cash here and there on a bike that I don't really like. So I would not do that. But uh, he's not going to call me to ask me for advice. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'd be curious to see who does it. And and if he Uh, doesn't, who does, you know? Because who else is there, really? Chiz. Yeah, I was thinking Chiz, too, but I didn't know if if – You know what? I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, Chiz would be good. I mean, he's certainly not the guy – you know, he's not as flashy as as Barsha, and he can't get you the results Barsha can, but – I mean, yeah, he's a solid guy. He's, he'll try his balls off. He'll yep. finish between between uh, ninth and thirteenth in a lot of main events, and uh, not so bad. So, yeah, he'd be a good one on that bike. I think that, right. that's my pick. So, yeah, there you go. But well, hey, Steve, yeah. we know you're a busy guy. There's hockey to watch, so we'll <laughs> let you go. But hey, more Pookie. Thank you so much for your time tonight. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, guys. Hope the show is going well. Uh, Dark side, I screwed you on the Patreon shirt, so it's the least I can do. Oh, uh, well, I appreciate to, it. No worries. Uh, <laughs> get you on here and uh good luck with everything and and yeah if you guys need me down the road just just let me know all right man thanks we'll see you at houston man all right thanks man okay thanks thanks. see ya steve mathis ladies and gentlemen never fails pretty awesome you gotta love it good people mathis just he i I could sit and talk to mathis yeah for i don't know how long and he makes you feel like he 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 could too. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's probably ready to get off the phone, but you never you never felt that. No, that's fine, and I totally get it. Like I, I knew we needed to let him go pretty quick, but dude, I just I and I had three or four more uh, questions. Yeah, for him, I've got lists of stuff I wanted to ask <laughs> him about the the format changes and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, just one of these days we might have to try to get a bench race session with him and do like thirty or forty five minutes PS time. We better do it before Supercross starts. But right. Anyways, well, hey. Guys, we're going to go to commercial break and be back with Daniel Blair. Yep, be right back. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to ShockSocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. 
Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Dark Side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. And that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L. And tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welling and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welling and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back again. Big shout out. Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, York Welling and Fab, All Sport Dynamics, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, MX Girl Designs, and TPJ Racing coming up next. Main event motos, Daniel Blair. Daniel, what's up, bud? 40 to 10. 40 to 10. Uh, what does that 40 mean? 40 to 10. I don't know what that means. Did it ta- oh, why, 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 why don't you tell me? Did, did it taste good, Jamie? Did it taste good? For those that don't know, I'm a lifelong 49ers fan. Daniel Blair and my co-host Mark are gay Cowboy fans. And their his their Cowboys beat the crud out of my 49ers. Yeah. And I was talking a little bit of smack beforehand. So, yeah, let me have it, Daniel. Yeah, I saved all those text messages. I snapshot them. Um, periodically, I will be reminding you of the things that you said. <laughs> Leading up to this game, and uh, just a friendly reminder of how bad your Niners got smashed. Well, what's up, boys? How you guys doing over there? Oh man, we're good. We're yeah. good. I want to. I want those screenshots, man. You should put them on Twitter. <laughs> should definitely put them on Twitter. You know, honestly, well, what hurt more was Saturday. My Trojans getting smashed by Notre Dame. Wow, bad weekend, huh? Dude, that was like forty-nine to three or something. It was <laughs> awful. Yeah. Dang. Anyway, at least we had What's straight up, rhythm. Boys? What are we? Uh, what are we talking about here? Are we closing twenty seventeen down or what? We're, What's happening? We're we're shutting it down. Yeah. I want to first off, Red Bull straight rhythm. What are your thoughts? Thank dog, dude. That's all that matters. I mean, honestly, not kidding. I my only interest in the race was the two stroke race. Yep. Um, the four fifty. I mean, what Marvin's going to lose? No, I don't <laughs> think so. And uh, even in the two fifty, I didn't think anyone would beat Shane. He's pretty dialed at that. So I literally sat at my dinner table with with my phone on the app, and I watched every two-stroke run, and that's all I cared about. And I'm just pumped that the dog brought it home. Yeah, we're you know it's funny your your thoughts mirror Steve Mathis, who we just had on, and uh, he didn't he didn't stick around for the 450 race, and 
Mark over here, he shut it off. I stuck around because I'm such a Kyle Chisholm fan. I wanted to see how he would do. But, yeah, the two strokes stole the show. I mean, who would have thought Ronnie Mack and Stank Dog would be in the finals? How awesome was that? Well, it's, it, it was great, for one. I, I mean, I know that Ronnie was going to rip. He's he's a lot more talented than uh, he leads on. He's a, he's a pretty decent rider himself. And I knew Stank Dog would be okay, but even going in, Stank told me, like, he's not really that style of guy. He's just, he doesn't hang it out. He's a very, very kind of mellow, smart kind of rider, which ended up being the reason why he won. I mean, Ronnie crashed out. Stipes had that big quad, but he couldn't do it at night for whatever reason. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the track was different power wise, but for whatever reason, he couldn't nail that quad, uh, the, the big, the big quad quad thing. Um, so it pretty much was Stank Dog. You know, it was perfect for him. He was just super efficient. Villapoto, even if you watch them back to back, Villapoto was throwing it down like too hard, and it was making him inefficient. Yeah. And Jared, he comes out, loses to Mike Brown in the opening round. He said it was nighttime. He was just a little, like, kind of caught off guard. The track was a little different. Uh, mainly through his eyes, you know. And then once he got it figured out, he just was so efficient, and he, he spanked him. I mean, he, he's the king of the two-stroke, and I think there's no question anymore. Yeah, it's not really that big of a shocker that he did well. He, he is the only guy actively racing two-strokes. He's the two-stroke king, if you will. And, I mean, now, him beating RV like that did, did surprise me. But, yeah. hey, props to him. That was awesome. Yeah, I was surprised, too. I, I thought Villapoto would – I mean, he's Ryan Villapoto. But exactly. like I said, I think if you watch it back, Villapoto was right. He was trying too hard. It was, I mean, you got to be efficient. Even Marvin. Marvin was beating everyone not because of over-aggression. It was because he's just so efficient, and he does everything so precise. And for Villapoto, I think he was almost trying a little too hard. He was making mistakes because he was trying too hard. And Stank just – he put down solid runs, no mistakes. Nothing flashy. Get back to the ground. You know, on those things, it's all about getting back to the ground as fast as you can. And uh, his game plan, if he had one, I don't even know, but his game plan worked. And uh, he made some cash. He's pretty stoked. I talked to him yesterday. And, oh, he's fired up right now. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a rich dog. <laughs> rich dog. <laughs> let's, let's shift gears for a minute. We, we wanted to kind of talk about 2017 as a whole and maybe, you know, the, the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads. What was the highlight for you this whole year, if there was one? Uh, on the racing side or yeah, ra- Yeah, racing like, side. Um, I really liked the 450 uh, finale in Vegas. I mean, I, with Supercross, it's one of those things where we don't get the opportunity to see it come down to the wire often. And obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about the format changes and how we might be able to see that a little bit more. But I know over the past few years, man, it's just been so stale in yep. in April. And like it just, it's. I mean, yeah, I, I watch because I like watching racing. But at the same time, there was no real reason to be invested. And to see it go to Vegas this year was really cool. And for me personally, being a part of Race Day Live and getting to kind of, you know, grow my position in what I'm doing and be there and be involved in it, not just as a fan, but as like a member of the, I guess, the media that, you know, the, the broadcast team. Yeah. Oh, I was just, thought I was, I was, I was in it, man. I mean, the storyline could have been better. Ryan Dungey trying to just save this last championship. Tomac just riding like a straight freak show for two months. And um, just the way it played out with the gamesmanship and Anderson winning and Reed getting stuff and Grant, I mean, it was just, 
It was the best night of racing that I've ever been to in person. And so for me, it's easily the high. Even the Savachi Osborne, I mean, it, I mean, for like 45 minutes, I, I don't know if my emotions have ever been that <laughs> caught up in it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was just, it was an unbelievable night. And to be there and, and not only be there watching, but be involved, it was, man, I, I, I really had fun that night. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm lucky that you got to be there. That's pretty awesome. I wish we could have been, been there for that because it was definitely a jump off. I was sitting on, laying in bed watching it actually with my chick, and I think I jumped out of bed probably two or three times just freaking out. It was just amazing. I feel like the uh, the Osborne pass on Shavachi oh, was my God. favorite thing all yeah. year. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it'll go down in history as one of the – I mean, unfortunately for Joey, I'm a big fan of Joey's, but unfortunately for him, it might go down as one of the – it's going to be a highlight reel forever, and he'll be on the bad end of that. And if you're Osborne, you're stoked. I mean, I'm a football fan, so obviously I don't like the Odell Beckham one-handed catch over my cowboy Brandon Carr, but that's like one of those legendary plays that will always be played in opening ceremonies and video, yeah. whatever, and I think that Osborne pass will be because – it. And it doesn't even do justice. Yeah, it was a good pass, but the story behind it and the fact that he went down on the first turn and spent probably 90% of that race not thinking he really had a chance, and then yep. all of a sudden at the last minute going, wait a minute, that's my guy? Oh, I'm going to get him. And the fact that it actually happened, too. like it's just, It was a magical race. Yeah, so Like it, I said, unfortunately for Joey, he's going to be on the bad end of a, like a, a memorable moment, you know? Right. I think my highlight and I wish I'd had time to go back and listen to all your shows again before this show, was how bad your predictions were each week. <laughs> hey, I have a knack. I'm telling you right now. I, and the reason why is I don't make my predictions, like, to be 100% right. I like to live on the edge. That way, yeah. if it comes true, I can be pretty cocky. If it doesn't, well, oh, well, it was kind of crazy. But I, I was definitely off this year on a few things. I had Roxton winning, I think, every Supercross, and that didn't happen. I had Tomac winning every outdoor. That didn't happen, so... I might tame her down in 2018 and feel a little more realistic, <laughs> well, but probably not. I promise you, you know, admittedly, I kind of discovered your show probably halfway through Supercross, and I would listen to them the day after, and then I was like, well, i got to go back and listen to the beginning shows. So the season was almost over, and I would start listening to A1, A2, and I was laughing out loud when you'd be like, oh, I guarantee you next week so-and-so is going to do this. And it was the exact opposite of what happened. <laughs> I, you know. And by this time, you'd already been on our show, so I think I texted you a couple times. And I w I'd be crying laughing at some of the things you would say, knowing that they were so wrong. Because, you know, when you said it, it'd be like, oh, wow. If I had been listening live, I'd be like, oh, that's a pretty good prediction. But you were just right. wrong week after week. Hey, he was just <laughs> hey, was well, typical dirt, dirt bike rider style. He just went big. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's the problem was is when we started uh, started our podcast, it was the year before. So going into the outdoors of 2016, I said straight up, Roxton's going to beat Dungey in the outdoors, and Cooper Webb's going to win the outdoor, even though he was injured with his wrist injury. I predicted uh -oh. both of those. So what happened is when it happened, dude, I got cocky. <laughs> and, and then, it, and then it, it fell apart in 2017, and I don't think I got one thing right. No, at all. You, like not one thing. Yeah, you were pretty far off. But yeah, it was funny. So though. I, it might, was I might tame her. I might tame her down. But I like, dude. I'm a gambler, man. I I like to go all in on red sometimes. So yeah, I, that's good. Yeah. And how about the um, the the gig of on on the floor for some of the supercrosses? How's that going to work for 18? How many are you doing? Um, as of my conversation 
probably it's going on probably three or four weeks ago. I'm supposed to be doing every round that Ricky doesn't do, and he usually does six or seven, so it'll be 10, 10 or 11, and, and, and I don't know exactly which ones okay. yet, but I, I think the plan is, because they, they really like that role on TV. They like the track guy. They like to have another yep. body down there, and so they're thinking, well, Ricky will do his, and then I'll go in and do the rest of them, because I'm already going to be there for Race Day Live, so it's like, hey, I'm already there. Um, let's Let's just use that position and use me for it, so... As of my conversation with the guys probably a month ago, I think it'll be every round that Ricky's not at. So probably ten or eleven, and I'm I'm stoked, man. Like I, I think I told you on the show last time, like to be able to go from a racer and then into this role, I'm pretty lucky. Like yeah. you don't really, as a racer, get that many opportunities when you get out, and you're kind of like, man, what am I gonna do now? So for me, to kind of come up a little short on my racing career to where I really can't fall into like an Andrew Short role. Uh, or a Ryan Morris role where these guys can get right in there and be really effective with one of the teams. I'm blessed, man, and, and I'm and I'm get, every year I get a little bit more of an opportunity, and I've taken yeah. it and and worked really hard at it. And it seems like every year I'm getting a little bit more of a of a chance, and, and next year it'll be a little bit more of that. So, well, you got a great level of professionalism mixed with the, with the, with the personality for the yeah, job for sure. It, it works out well. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. I, I and I've and. It's, it's a combination of, I mean, an outgoing person. I've always been this way. Anyone who knows me knows, like, I don't shut up, dude. I, I talk a lot. I mean, it's almost like my a problem. I, I don't stop talking. Um, but then I have enough information as a past pro. You know, I'm not, my results aren't legendary status, but I have enough to where I can relay the experiences I have had and put them, you know, and, and, and put them out there, you know, it, it's yeah. just a combination of that. And then lucky for me, I, I, I mean, I did do some stuff growing up. I did competitive speech, a little bit of drama. And so I have the experience, you know, on a microphone, I did some music stuff. So I was able to use some of those experiences and take the, you know, the results and the knowledge that I do have and, and put it out. And it's, it's been fun. I feel like every year I still develop a little bit more. Like I'm learning how to be a commentator and learning how to be professional. Obviously I watch a lot of football, a lot of basketball, and I learn from those sports. Like, this is how you project, um, and this is how you, you get to get out your thoughts and do it in a way that's attractive to viewers. So I'm still a work right. in progress, but I'm working really, really hard, and hopefully I can just you know keep moving on up. Well, you're a pretty humble guy. You just really downplayed. Yeah, I did some music stuff. Yeah, you kind of did some music stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, I try to. I try to leave that chapter out. He doesn't like talking about it, even <laughs> though they're recording a new EP. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I try to. I, well, the problem is when I talk about music, everyone gets fired up, and then we take two years to release anything, right. and everyone's pissed. So I try to just leave the conversation of music out. No, I hear you. I have your your first. I, I guess it'd be considered an EP, the first EP on my playlist when I ride, because like I was telling Mathis, I ride with music. I have headphones in both of my helmets, and I just hook my little iPod. Nice. I hook my little iPod Nano up when I'm racing, and it's on there, and I'm jamming out. All your stuff's on there, so I love it. It's good stuff. Can't wait to get a copy of the new stuff. I think you said you might send probably, it. Uh, probably when you crash. <laughs> I try not to crash, so no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pretend you didn't say that. But, um, yeah, as far as your announcing stuff, you know, on the floor, like I, I think you do a great job also. You know, I, I know you can't respond to this, but I don't enjoy Ricky in that position. I just don't think he's very good at it. But you you do have the aura of a professional announcer, and I could see you someday if it's something you wanted, 
being in a position to take over like a, a GL or even a Weege, you know, I think you're good enough that you could do that. Well, I and that's, I think that's part of the long-term plan. You yeah. know, with, with commentating, you, you you got your talent, but you kind of also have to be developing the future because the last thing they want to do is all of a sudden either Ralph or Emig or, you know, one of those guys all of a sudden decides they don't want to travel. And they don't, well, if you don't have someone in the chamber kind of being developed and trained, I mean, you're going it's, to – it's a tough – you can't just find those spots. So right. I think with me, I, um, I'm kind of in that position where I'm in, I'm in the development. That's why every year they give me a little bit more because it's like, okay, let's give them a little more. Let's grow this, this position because, I, you know, I, if that day ever comes when one of those guys wants out or is over it, whatever, they have someone who can go into either role. And I think that's what's good about putting me in a few different spots. You know, with Race Day Live, I, I, I'm the host. I, I, I'm, I'm in the Ralph Shaheen role yeah. or the Jason Wygant role. Where I'm in Arena Cross and on the floor, I'm in more of the Jeff Emig role. So I'm learning both sides. And I think it's for them to have someone waiting that way they have someone in line when the next change might happen. Because that team's been together for a long time. I mean, dude, and people don't realize that, but, man, the voice of Ralph and Jeff and Ricky yeah. have been part of, like, the biggest growth the sport has ever seen, especially on TV. The TV has grown so much in the last decade. And, I mean, dude, you go back 10 years and you listen to those guys, they do some of the most legendary races, they've called that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, they're not going to be able to go forever, obviously. So they got to get the next guy or guys in line so that they're trained, they understand the sport, that way, if, it, if that day ever comes, it's plug and play, and you don't got to go searching, you know. And I think that's kind of what their job is with me is help me develop. Luckily for them, I'm a patient person. I'm not knocking down the doors and demanding anything. I'm just like, anything you guys got for me, I'll take it on, and right. I'll learn it, and I'll do whatever you need. And I think that's what makes me versatile. That's why even Race Day Live was able to happen is because I was willing, and I was doing a lot of things, and I was progressing, and they were like, okay, let's, let's up the challenge. And so uh, I think that's part of the design, and I mean, at least that's my understanding of it. It seems to be kind of working good for both sides. Absolutely. Yeah, man, you're doing a good job. Uh, just keep up the good work. We, we both enjoy uh, enjoy seeing you working out there. You do, do a good job. Now, yeah. switch gears a little bit more. How, where are we with arena cross? Do we, is the sport, is it growing? Is it stagnant? What, what do you think about that? I don't know because I don't know behind the scenes. I don't know their numbers. TV. I know the TV numbers, and last year's TV numbers were better than the year before. I mean, TV's grown every year. But as far as Arena Cross in itself, I don't know. Um, I do know that it is hard and challenging, and everyone freaks out about the schedule because the schedule took a while to come out. Um, and I think what people got to realize is they have a lot of venue opportunity, but they don't necessarily have the dates that work all the time. So I think... It, it gets a bad rap because the schedule came out late. Why do you go to this city and not to this city? I mean, I hear it right now. I mean, we got Sacramento 45 minutes away. People are like, why didn't they go back to Sac? And it's like, you guys don't realize the puzzle piece is an absolute nightmare with arena cross because they're trying to grow the sport in different pockets that don't necessarily get racing. So in Supercross, they go to the same spot every year because they have a huge fan base. They know it works. They still float around a little bit. But Arena Cross, they try to use it as a chance to get into certain pockets of the country that don't necessarily get the racing. Yeah. But that doesn't always line up with availability. Um, so for Arena Cross, I know it's, that it's definitely hard on them to get the schedule right. 
but as far as the growth goes, all I know for sure is the TV numbers, and that's grown every year. So I, and I think that's just collectively overall. They've done such a good job with the package. Uh, Supercross, I know, has grown. Arena Cross, it's all grown kind of together. So I really, past that, I, I really don't know. Uh, I enjoy seeing uh, some of the Supercross guys cross over and go over there, and I hope, I, honestly, I hope more of them do. That racing is so exciting over there. Yeah. Well, I, and it's one of those things with Arena Cross that you don't really know till you've been to one. I, I know a lot of people will be like, ah, it's Arena Cross, blah, whatever. Then they go, and they're like, oh, my God. It is, I mean, because it's so tight. It's so impactful. There's no room to pass, so everyone has to force it. Right. Like, the racing at Arena Cross, the live show is insane. It, it's like, I, you know, I, I've been around it enough as a racer and then now doing the role that I'm there now to know that Arena Cross in itself is like the most action-packed two-and-a-half-hour show you'll ever... I mean, it's like hockey. Right. No one's ever... No one talks about how great hockey is until you go to one, then you're like, holy crap, what have I been missing? That's Arena Cross. It's just like hockey. It's just slamming. Um, and, I mean, it's so loud, and, like, you, you just feel it. Like, at Supercross, you watch it, you see it, yeah. you analyze Arena Cross, you truly do feel it. And it's, I think that's the biggest difference, where you can have guys that don't have the star power name come in and put on maybe even a better show because there's no choice. It's just right in your face. Yeah, we've got to make one this year. I've never been to an AMA arena cross. Yeah, I've been to some of our either. local arena crosses, but that's not the same. Yeah, and the, the years they actually had them in Texas, for whatever reason, I was either working or couldn't, you know, I just never made them for – so now we're going to have to drive to Kansas, Jamie. <laughs> well, I, last year there was one in South Louisiana, I think, that was like – wouldn't that mean like Lafayette it, maybe? was it? I don't remember. What I it was. think that was two. Oh. That was two years ago because I was at that one. Yeah, it was in Lafayette. I know we did one in Hidalgo. Yeah, a few South, years back, South which Texas. is like South Texas. Um, we've been to Austin a couple times. Nice. Been to New Orleans a couple times. You know, like I said, they float around and they yeah. move around to get to different locations because they're trying to create, you know, more motorcycle fans. And there's certain pockets of the country that just don't get it, and it's kind of. You know, and it's funny because if Feld wanted to, and I've had this conversation with him, if they wanted to, they could go to the same 12 cities every single year, sell the place out, but they don't do that on purpose because they really are trying to bring racing to people that don't get to see it and don't get to do it. You might remember Amateur Days involved. So you'll see them go to Hidalgo and Lafayette and Wilkes-Barre. They'll go to these places because they want to bring racing to the population that maybe doesn't get it as much. And it's 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 part of the shuffle that they do when they do their schedule every year. Yeah, that's cool. I like that about that. You know, I, I guess I honestly haven't paid that much attention to the schedule every year, so I didn't realize that was what they were doing. But that's that's good for the sport. Yeah, for sure. I I, I like it, and it, it it can be frustrating sometimes for the riders because they, you know, they want their big cities. They want to be able to go to New Orleans and Denver or wherever they right. like their spot. But 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 like I said, there's a responsibility that Feld has as the promoting group to bring racing to as many people as possible, and I think they use Arena Cross as their way to do that. Absolutely. Well, uh, I guess before we wrap up, let's talk about the uh, 2018 uh, format changes. What are you excited about? The, the Triple Crown. I mean, straight yeah. up. I, I, I Well, actually, on a personal side, the Amateur Day stuff, I'm really stoked. They're going to do Amateur Day at four rounds. Um, and I've known about that. I've known about it for a long time. And dude, it has been so hard for me to keep my mouth shut. I have been biting my lip because, dude, I think that that is so impactful for our sport long term. I mean, 
back to Fell and their responsibility as the promoting group. It's also their responsibility to help develop the riders that we will someday be our superstars. And I've always felt there's been a big disconnect in the fact that so much amateur racing is revolved around outdoor, and then they turn pro and they go right into Supercross, and you see these guys getting hurt yep. so quick because they don't have the experience doing it. And yes, they can hit arena cross, and arena cross can touch on some of the skills, but to have the opportunity for people to grow up now and race inside the Supercross Stadium on a mellower track, of course, but have the ability to learn the skill set that they will someday use as professionals and not have to learn it on the fly when they're 18, oh, I just I, I think it's so smart, and I hope, my fingers are crossed, that it goes from four cities to six or to eight or to ten, and it yeah, becomes a typical part of what we do in dirt bike racing, because honestly, Supercross and Motocross both exist, but the money is really in Supercross. Riders know that, obviously, yet they don't do it till they turn 16, and I just find that to be so insane. So now that Feld is actually going to be doing that and, and, and starting with four locations, I think it's going to go well. I think it's going to be out of control, to be honest. And for a personal level, I've got a seven-year-old kid who, right. I mean, I'm going to be taking him to all those. I'm, I I would be lying if I said I already didn't order up some gear and might be racing him myself. <laughs> uh, so on a personal level, I'm all about the amateur day. But from the, the big picture, man, the Triple Crown, like, oh. That's, yeah, that's I, exciting. I, I, I wish... For me personally, I want them to do it at every round. I want Supercross to change. I think it needs a little bit of a facelift. I think they're doing it. Uh, I just hope that it turns into more of it. I want to see more main events. I want to see more impactful racing. I want to see the, the baddest dudes all on the track together more often in an environment where the races are shorter, so they're forced to ride more aggressive. Um, that's me personally, and I think everything that they're doing is definitely a step in the right direction but I just hope that it goes further in the future, and that's just my that's my Agreed. personal opinion. Yeah, I think you're on point with what we're feeling. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, Daniel, we know you're a busy guy, but we won't keep you any longer. But thanks for your time tonight. Hey, I'm pumped to be a part of this. You know, when you guys texted me and said what you were doing, the year end deal, and having all the guys on, I, I mean, like, I mean, no question. I love being on the show. I love what you guys are doing over there. And uh, thank you. Anytime, we'll have, to, we'll have to do it again once the season starts and we yeah. have some race to talk about. Yeah. Hey, real quick, our. Are you going to the uh, Vet Worlds next weekend? I know it's a little bit of a drive for you. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I don't. Like I said, I don't ride anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna start riding again. And if I any kind of riding will be on definitely indoor type stuff. I don't. Okay. Personally, I'm not a huge outdoor fan, and I don't like sweating. I don't like well, bumps. I knew uh, that, and but I, I was hate hoping, Glen Helen. I, I knew so. those things, but I'll, I'm flying out, so I was just hoping you might be coming down. But I'll be there. Uh, I'll actually be at, what am I going to say, this weekend or next weekend? It's next weekend, third, fourth, Ooh, and fifth. So I'll, nope, I'll be uh, taking my wife for her birthday slash anniversary on a little adult weekend getaway. I got my mom's watching my kids. Heck yeah. That doesn't happen often, so me and the wife, we're going to we're gonna be, uh, I don't even want to say because if she listens back, it's a surprise, so just in case okay. she listens. Yeah, right. I can't I'm sure. Her. I think she's one of our biggest fans. So. Yeah, I'm sure she'll listen. <laughs> well, she does. Whenever I'm on, her and my mom will listen to whatever I'm on. Oh, cool. And then critique me and tell me, you should have never said that. Why do you say <laughs> So she might listen and then be like, oh, so we're going here. And I'm like, I can't tell her. There you right. go. Right. Cool. Go. Well, you, well guys you guys have, have fun. fun. <laughs> Jinx. All right, boys. Have fun out there anytime, man. Thanks, Daniel. See you later. Take bro. care, man. Later. Bye. <clears throat> Daniel Blair. 
Um, man, we forgot to mention Eagle Grit. That's what I was wanting to say, but that's cool. Eagle Grit hand cleaner, man. That's his business. Best hand cleaner on the market. If you're into it, EagleGrit.com. All right, we're yeah, going to take a quick break here and get our next guest lined up. We'll be DJ right back. DJ Girl. Be back. DJ back. Girl. Kayla. All right, guys. We're going to get to our next guest. She's a friend of the show. Uh, super tw- fan. Super fan. Twitter personality. Hot as. Yeah. Motocross <laughs> uh, fanatic, if you will. Shit, better known as DJ Girl, the lovely Miss Kayla Whitaker. Kayla, what's up? Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, pleasure to be on the show. Hey, we're glad to finally have you on. We've been trying to get this together for a while, and uh, it finally happened. And Yeah, you're, uh, you're definitely well, a super fan. You're yeah. probably more knowledgeable than all of us put together. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I grew up in the sport. Uh, my dad raced back in the 70s, early 80s. My brother, older brother, you know, uh, dabbled in racing, but it was never pushed. But we kept it, you know, motorcycling, just a family thing, you know. And uh, but grew up, but yeah, we went to a lot of races. <laughs> yes, and uh, did you ride much? I used to. Uh, last time I been on a bike was probably about a year ago. Oh wow! Nice. So recently. Yeah, I drug out my old KX125. Uh, I have a 2000 KX125. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. Those That's are good cool. bikes. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and then like I said, my, my dad finally broke, you know, broke down and bought a four-stroke. And right. that was a, and he bought, he bought a KTM 350, and I went riding with him one day. So it was the last time I got to go riding. Oh, wow. Well, you need to make that happen a little more yeah, often. Yeah, you're probably... Probably busy. You probably got yeah. a lot, lot going on in your life. It's hard to get away and go to the track, huh? Yeah, it is. Um, it's basically it's just usually trying to free up some time. And um, but yeah, but Dad rides like almost every day. Oh, cool. Well, hey, this show that we're doing tonight is kind of a 2017 wrap-up show. And honestly, this was sort of your idea. You uh, hit me up about it a couple weeks ago. And you're, like I said, you're extremely knowledgeable. You read everything motocross. You follow. You write blogs. All the series. Yeah, you were writing blogs earlier in the year. Um, so tell us what you thought about 2017. Well, probably the best season supercross and motocross-wise put together. Uh, really haven't seen a season like this in years. I mean, we're... Agreed. I think the last time, just maybe the last time we seen a season come this co- close with motocross, that was with Gungy and uh, Roxon. When Roxon was still at KTM, when it came down to the last race, you know, the last moto. But but as for Supercross and motocross all in the same season, it, we were treated to one hell of a year. Agreed. Uh, you know, a lot of drama. A lot of drama. <laughs> you know what? Drama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know you well, had good news. He, yeah, there was some carnage, things like that. You had Reed, you know, blocking Dungey. You had Marvin passing his teammate Dungey, who was the points leader, and then all of a sudden, magically pulling over or making a mistake, whatever you want to call it. Oh you, yeah. You had the cat. Yeah, you gotta love the. Just fantastic. Yeah, you got to love the. Uh, Mess up in a berm yeah. in New York City. Dude, my four-year-old's never ridden a dirt bike, and she could have held her line <laughs> in that corner. You know. <laughs> yeah that that yeah. was not very. It, that was pretty obvious. 
Yeah. It's just, you know, my thing is just like, you know, you go and make it obvious, you know, just go way back in time. <laughs> Bob and I pulled over, sat alongside the track and watched David Bailey go by so he won a championship, right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's make it really <laughs> obvious. Yeah, they, they happened to snap a picture of the, the time he had to let Brock Glover by, too, and that, that would, that's still infamous. Right. Yeah. Down here in, yeah, go back in 77, you know, and you know, like I said, Stanley Porter should have won that championship. Yep. So, hey, with Daniel Blair and with Mathis, we've kind of talked about Supercross quite a bit. You are a big GP fan. Um, unfortunately, this year I didn't follow it as much as I'd like to. I've, I've got to get that app next year and pay for that. Why don't you tell us, like, you're, you're a big GP fan. Tell us what your highlights of that were. You know, I know you like Caroli and you just like all those guys. So, so give us a little feedback on the GPs. Well, GPs, you know, first of all, guys, sure. If he can get hurt, you know, I think he would have won, but, you know, <laughs> you know his, his butts were nuts, you know. Right. <laughs> but, you know, he came on like a house of fire, got hurt. Crowley was just right there, steady. And once he didn't, you know, Roman, Fabra, uh, he got hurt. He was kind of like right there in the hot. Yeah. But, you know, didn't he, he was on his heels basically riding most of the season hurt. You know, when he, when he came back, he wasn't 100%. So if there was that mid-stretch, you know, Crowley took advantage of it, you know, and Hurlins, you know, he got hurt at the beginning of the season. He had to, you know, he broke a hand. He was rotting first few rounds just to gather points. Yeah. And then Hurlins came on, you know, once he was 100%. And when he came to the States for the one race, you know, for the AMAs, you know, the week before the GPs, uh, I say here, staring at, you know, the TV screen going with my mouth wide open, you know, I was like, in awe of his speed was like, that was crazy fast, yeah, you that know? Yeah, that was unreal. Well, Knorr's bike and that. No. Yeah, yeah. He, bike, he made a few suspension adjustments. Is it wasn't even his regular suspension. <laughs> in that second moto, I mean, more about it in the bag. Yeah, oh yeah. Mark had the bag, but he screwed up, you know, and but still, he, put, he, he put, was coming. He put himself in that position, crashing like that, too, because Hurlings was on the move. And I think Hurlings came in and made a statement that, that what the, of what, and showed everybody what the future holds for him. Like, he's got it down. Oh, yeah. He's got this big bike class thing yeah. figured out. And I still think, I'm with you. I think Guy, sir, had he not got hurt, probably was going to be the guy. I still think they're going to have problems with him next year. I, I think hope he'll so. still be. Hurlings, quite especially on the harder pack tracks. But Tony Cairoli came in and let everybody know, I'm not done yet, guys. Yeah. The old guy's not through he's yet. Sort of our, let me show you. Sort of you know, he's not done. He's smart. Yeah. You know, he rides smart. You know, he's going to take advantage of it when he can take advantage of it. Uh, tracks that he's not comfortable on, he's going to take his third. He's going to take his fourth. He's going to take his fifth. But, you know, but like some of these hard pack tracks that Crowley excels on, you know, it's just like he he, he will take advantage. So I I'm gonna go right on a limb for 2018 when it comes to MXGP. Erlins, Fisher, Crawley, one, two, three of the points. 
edges if they all say healthy. I like. I, I think <laughs> that's yeah. Healthy. I think that's realistic. I think that probably will happen. I'm, I'm going to flip one and two. I'm going Geyser. That's but. I, I'm definitely buying that app next year. I'm paying for that so I can watch them. It was frustrating not getting to watch them this year. I should have broke down. But I didn't know about the app until there was like four rounds left. And I was just like, I'm not paying for it now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, bought, I bought season package. And yeah. I, I don't usually watch them live. I use kind of like watch them later. So sure. I can't you know. It says watch your races you know, on a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's not going to happen for me. <laughs> Very seldom. <laughs> I hear you. No, I heard that. Uh, I'm staring at the back of my eyelids really hard from a Saturday <laughs> night, usually if I'm wor- out oh, working. Oh, yeah, because you're out DJing. Spinning the turntables. So, yeah, there, there was a time in life where I probably would have still been up for that. Uh, <laughs> but that, those time, that time has passed. Now, I'm, I'm like you. I'm staring at the back of my eyelids as well. You know, yeah, like I said, you know, me now, I'm getting toward my mid-30s now, so... <laughs> <laughs> it gets a little bit a little rougher. That's when it starts. And, uh, it's, uh, but, uh, yeah, then, like, the MX2, you know, the star power wasn't there. Right. But, uh, Jonas and all the, you know, and Hunter Lewis came on at the end, you know. Uh, it was good racing, but I still didn't fall as much as, like, the MX1 guys, that's where all the star power was, the guys that are really going for it. And, and my thing is, my biggest worry, since Suzuki's pulled out of GPs, I wonder who's going to be next. Yeah. yeah, Man, they It kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? They got to get the money thing figured out over there. The Because, you know, you kind of see that with Canada. You know, a new organization came in and made a whole lot better deal with a better TV package. It sounds like, and I think a lot of the guys are going to, the teams are going to go that route, and maybe somebody can step up in the GPs. I think it might be difficult because there's kind of a. Hey, I think they've got that on lock over there. Yeah. They're just if more if if more people keep pulling out and they keep making it harder for just any old person to get to the race. I mean, they're going to ten guys in the gate. I like watching racing, but I mean, don't we need more? The, the, yeah. that, that added element of a full rider gate is not there anymore, and I feel like they need to have that. They're going to have to fix that. It's easier to go through you know, the pack now when you're behind. Well, like I said, they try to make it like Formula One, and it's not working. It's motocross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're still – even – yeah, there's 30,000-plus fans at a GP, you know, outdoors where we might get, you know, 20,000, you know, at an outdoor national – but, you know, I still, you know, I still say once you start offering prize money and letting the small guy in the race to be able to make a paycheck, you know, they'll be interested, you yeah, know. And yeah. like, but like, you look at RJ Amshar at the USU, I mean, I was screaming my lungs out for the kid. And he got zero. He didn't get a bonus from Honda, nothing from Geico. He made zero. All he got was prestige winning that race. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. That doesn't help. That, somebody's going to have to step up and change things, and it, it'll probably take a couple years. But if they, if the riders and the teams start backing out, I feel like you're seeing. I feel like you are seeing a little bit of a change, though, because David Luongo, uh, Giuseppe's son, is kind of taking more of a role, uh, uh, more of an active role in this, and things are starting to look different. Like 
that you know the deal with the AMA, them get them all making peace. That came yeah, from him. Yeah, that's and, a big deal. Uh, so I, I feel oh, like they're going to have to. Yeah, they're going to have to, and uh, especially if both of those series want to survive, because Supercross is where it's at, and that's where everybody wants to be. That's where all the sponsor money is, and and I promise you that the the powers that be there would love nothing more than to make that series longer. And uh, so they're going to have to step up and do something to make this series uh, more relevant, to make make it more uh, rider friendly, rider friendly, yeah, you know, make it more appeasing. You know, I yeah. guess is what I'm looking for. Yeah, and this is like, and you know, like, so, like, Supercross, as, you know, few riders have said, Death Cross, you know, sometimes I just think these tracks are just way too gnarly yeah. <laughs> with Supercross. And I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? You know, and, but if Supercross wants to even go extended, they're going to have to do something about the track. I know you can't make them too easy because, like, you know, we've seen where, uh, a couple of years ago, and I won. Everybody, the whole the field didn't even really get lapped. Yeah. You know, everybody was still running, you know, the same lap time. So that's when it's it's too easy. But you know, but motocross is a dangerous sport. Period. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it, 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 it's just anybody who rides, even on a local level to a pro level. You know, we're special. You know, the guys are a special breed. Well, the guys and girls are a special breed because you know, like we can't leave out the female racers. But you know, it takes a special person to go out there riding. We're all special people, and you know, like I said this is our sport. You know, right. <laughs> you know, I always keep on saying, always hear our sport. You know, and it's just like, yeah, we're a small niche sport. Everybody's welcome, but. This is what you're going to expect. You know, right. this is our sport. And, and still, from the pro level all the way down, it's still about grassroots and family. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. we hear about the crazy dads, you know, the mini dads, and all the way through their careers. But you know what? It's still, bottom line, they're there because they care about their child. Right. You know, you know yeah. Back, back to the, uh, the all of us are bashed on them. Right, right. Well, gonna say, but jump, they still care about their child. No, absolutely, they do. It's, it's, it, I, you know, there's a place for them too. But uh, back to the, uh, the, the track. You know, the technicalities of the tracks, and and uh, these are the best riders in the world. So, in my opinion, uh, they need to be challenged more. So it's Supercross. I think they need to have big whoops every week. Period. Yeah, I'm just, down with that. You know, if you have to buy yeah. more dirt to make that happen, make it happen. Put those. 70 80 foot triples back in because that's let's just face it these guys on these 64 foot triples that's not a that's not a challenge to them like they could jump that in their no, sleep and uh bring a little more dirt in make the tracks more technical because this is supercross this is what they're there for so uh and that's just yeah, my opinion i don't true. have to ride that stuff either so yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know my thing is like bringing more dirt in it's like we're to get the ruts and they're getting down to the plywood. Yeah. I mean, can't you make the base another six four? I mean, yeah, uh, probably going to cost another twenty more truckloads of dirt. But you add another six four inches, can make the racing just a little bit more safer. Where they're not spending yep. on plywood. That's an investment in your product. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. and 
but everybody, you know, then the, the whole TV package, you know, every race is on FS1 and two on Fox Network that's coming up here. But, you know, somebody's talking about, oh, there's revenue. No, we're still, you know, the sport is still not earning revenue from the TV package. You know, all these people don't understand, you know, it's still, not, but, you know, I'll still make it some money, but, honestly, God, again, my biggest thing is just like, you look at the stands, and they're, I still say ticket prices are too high. Absolutely, yeah. I, I was watching a lot of the and, uh, highlight videos last night of some of the races this year, and yeah, there's a lot of empty seats. Exactly, and uh, I'm going like, and like I went to Atlanta, and I paid twenty dollars more for my ticket, and I did in Daytona. Right. Oh wow. Yeah. Texas. And uh, you know, I see you know, but you know, it's just. Ticket prices need to come down, I say, about another $15 to make it a little bit more affordable because, you know, you take, think most of these people are going for families. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you think mom, dad, and if they got three or four kids, you know, you know, you, you're spending over, you know, you know, you're spending $250 to go see a race, you know, and that's. To a lot of families, two hundred fifty bucks is a heck of a lot of chunk of money, and that two hundred fifty dollars is pays for a couple of week, you know, local weekends for their local racing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very expensive. You're right, and if you want families to come, which I would assume they do, yeah, they they should be much lower prices. You know, a couple of years ago, what three four years ago, you had the treadhead seats, which was twenty bucks. And I think the most right. expensive seat you got at the gate was like forty. Now it's they started. Well, like I can tell you 40. this from having a family member that that works deep into the Cowboys organization. Them prices at Jerry World ain't changing. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys Stadium is extremely expensive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot of facility another reason to pay I hate for. the Cowboys. <laughs> a lot of facility to pay for. But guys, check out yeah. Twitter. If you if you're on Twitter, it's uh, at Kayla Whitaker four, and uh, hit her up. It's just Kayla Whitaker. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm talking about your Twitter handle. That's what it says. I'm sitting here looking at it. But uh, yeah, it's Kayla Whitaker yeah, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I changed the Kayla Whitaker. I changed the DJ girl. <laughs> there you go. Right on, right on. Well, give give her a follow. Check her Heck out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Cause... Kayla, we appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, glad to be on. And uh, just quick, quick predictions. Okay. Quick predictions. 2018 Supercross. I'm gonna call it right now before it. Or if they don't get hurt, I still think Roxanne's the man to be. Nice. Marvin Muscan. The third person. Let's take around out the points. Brock Tickle. I like it. I was just thinking Brock. I'm down. I'm down with that. Nah, I think they're gonna have problems with yeah, three well, bike, but that's a good. I prediction. just think Brock Tickle is going to have something because he's going to be on the Baker Factory program, yeah. and you know he's doing. You know, look at Zach Osborne. Zach Osborne was just right there, right there, right there. But once he got on that program, he turned into an animal. I yep. just really think this is what Brock needs. I hope so. And like I said, and like I said, no. Yeah, we had Villapoto, Carmichael, Dungeon Dragon at 27 and 28. But remember, they started winning pretty much out of when they came in, you yeah. know? But these guys have been ready. They still got that fire. They got that hunger. They got, you know, they still want that 
you know, they that desire to win. They still want to win. You know, it's like, well, I'm done. I want to win one of these things. You know, you, you know, at least win a race mm-hmm. or two or something. You know, just say, have your name in the book. You know, I you know because because Jack isn't done. I don't see him being done for a couple more years. Uh, Rob. He isn't done. I know. He, I see he'd be up, you know, at least around to his 30s. You know, and like the day sports medicine, you know, he's got to get the race a lot longer. <laughs> Look at Chad Reed, 35 years old, and he's still hungry. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think you're right. And I'm, I'm looking for a good year out of Brock. I mean, for, I think the rumor's true about Chad and Husqvarna. I believe that's probably yeah. going to happen. For yeah, if Mathis is putting that out there. Then yeah. I think it's probably true. Yeah. Steve, you, Steve's usually yeah. on point with his uh, predictions and news. Yeah, but hey, you know, he's a pretty good about for predictions because back in motocross nations, Darkie will back me up on it. I picked France and Netherlands, but I did pick USA for third. I was real iffy on that because I was going with my own personal pride. Right. <laughs> and, but yeah, but I, I just, I well, I just looked at. It, I says, France is still the strongest team. I says, Netherlands was the second strongest team. And boom, I had what I wanted to. I says, man, I should got into a fantasy league for that. I was like, I would have crushed. <laughs> Motocross, you had to go back to the 70s. 
he had some real characters in the 70s. He had Brad Lackey, Jimmy Guire, you know, right. Jim Pomeroy, Bob Hanna, Marty Smith. And these guys were Jimmy Hollis. These guys were, I mean, you, you know, my dad was sitting there and telling me, he said, these guys had certain great character. Yeah. And, you know, and they played a side game and everything else. And you don't see this in these robotic racers anyway. Well, it's not that. I just say they're... So, here Ronnie Mac called people out and stink don't tell them, hey, these guys were getting, I'm the one who still races a two-stroke every week, you know, and he showed them all up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I said, hey, I was like, guys, if you don't know nothing about characters, we need guys like Ronnie Mack. We need guys like Stink Doggy Racing. You know, we, you know, Steve called him, you know, the gloves are called, oh, boy, you know, but one thing about it is he, he's smart and he's making money racing that two-stroke. Oh, he you know, is, he said, sure. he would make, You know, he said, I wouldn't make no money we're going to race in a four-stroke, and he wouldn't have the fan base. So, Yeah, he's being yeah, smart he's about it. Guy. Yeah, he was being yeah. smart about it. It was a good event, and we uh, we really enjoyed it. Oh, my gosh. And the thing is, when um, Cantrell and Lopes were doing their race, and so I'm sitting there on the sofa with my husband, you know, and I get excited for young kids. You know, the new blood in the sport. You're scrubbing, uh, and I'm just like twitching on the couch oh, yeah. over every jump, helping them scrub. Right, my, right, yeah. my husband's just laughing his Ghost butt riding. off at me. You know, he's just like, yeah, he, he goes, he just looks at me and goes, you're something else. You know, I, I just, <laughs> he just, he goes, I know why I love you because just, you're just pure heart in everything you do. And I was like, you know, I just started laughing. You know, he, he, he's too supportive, and, you know, and we're very supportive of each other. So I'm actually I'm taking a week off. Nice. Well, I'm sort of taking a week off, but uh, spend time with him where, you know, because during the week we spend it apart. And, but, you know, he loves racing. You know, at least knew who Bob Hanna was when I met him, and <laughs> right. so, so a little bit of history of me, guys, and whoever's listening. But no, remember, and also grassroots level. I love hearing y'all stories. Yeah. I love, you know, TJ, most smart guys. I love that. That's probably my most favorite part of, show, of the show. Cause yeah, you hear the pros on all the other pods, but. You know, here in the grassroots takes me back. Right. To when I was a kid. Well, that's what we and started this thing for. And here my dad's buddies and my brother's friends and just what it was all about was just getting together with your friends, having fun at the local races. So, and like I said, I, like I said, everybody on the grassroots level, get out there, keep riding. Absolutely. And we really appreciate you taking some yeah, time away for your time, Kayla. tonight, and and it was really we appreciate it. You know, we know you're a super fan, and and we love you for it. And thank you. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, anytime. All right, Kayla. We'll Thanks. talk to you soon, Kayla. All right. Good night, guys. Night. All right, guys. That's Miss Kayla Whitaker, super fan, moto historian, 
Moto Fanatic. Yeah, she's. Enjoy, I mean, she's very knowledgeable. There's no doubt. Oh yeah, she follows the sport really close. Yeah, she and, knows uh, a lot of details and stats, and that's pretty. That's cool. Man. That's good stuff, guys. Hey, we want to give a big shout out before we go. Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, always supporting us, and we thank them for that. York Welding and Fab, All Sport Dynamics, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, MX Girl Designs, and TPJ Racing. Hey, Darky, good show, buddy. <laughs> Enjoyed it. it she's good. the only one that's allowed to call me that. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna. Big, big thanks to Mr. Steve Mathis, Daniel Blair, and Kayla Whitaker for all coming on and joining us. It was a fun show, man. Yep, yep. Um, hopefully uh, hopefully everybody get to hear it. We'll yeah. find out here in a few minutes. Hopefully you did your job. And, hey, guys, <laughs> Moto X Pod Show. See you next week. See ya.